1: Well good morning everybody this is guest Thursday and Kathy uh, I have a very special guest that's a friend of mine and uh, we've been uh, uh, working together uh, going through the word for the last gosh 10 years 10 plus years and uh, Ken's got a group of people that join us so we we do it as a group every Wednesday morning so it's a thrill and Ken Blanchard who is uh, a famous author uh, author of the One Minute Manager uh, and then Ken how many how many books have you written all together?
2: Oh, I don't know, 65 or 66, something like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man, and where where are you um, physically located? You're out in uh, San Diego area. Where 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 are you right now?
2: We're in uh, Rancho Bernardo, but I'm up at our office in Escondido.
1: Escondido, we yeah. we have a
2: studio up here.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, we didn't need to send you any technology. He said, Ken said, I already have it. <laughs> That's so, excellent.
3: Ken, let me just say, your book, um, you wrote One Minute Manager in 1982, I believe, if, that's, if I'm correct on that. I was 12 years old when that was written. <laughs> However, that is a book that I have heard of time and time and time again. And so the timelessness of the things that God laid on your heart to write and the movements that they have made in leadership and management and everything else are really amazing to me when I think about that.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, it really is a blessing when I look back uh, at that. I met a guy recently said his grandfather gave the one-minute manager to his father, and mm-hmm. his father just gave it to him. That's
3: <laughs> awesome. No, I that's, love that's it.
2: That's quite a,
1: quite a spin there. So, uh, yeah, it's a timeless uh, set of truths that have uh, been uh, used worldwide around mm-hmm. worldwide businesses and pe- people all over the world. And, uh, and Ken, uh, uh, to help us uh, have the uh, uh, audience learn about you a little bit, how did you come to know Christ uh, in your life?
2: Well, it was interesting. Uh, I was named after a Presbyterian minister. My middle name is Hartley. And the oh, yeah. pastor was Bob Hartley. And uh, my mom and dad just loved him. And so I I stayed in the Presbyterian church and went to Sunday school and all. But in junior high school, I switched to a Methodist church because they had a better basketball team. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, So I played ball with them. And then then I went to Cornell, which was not, uh, you know, a haven of spirituality, the Ivy League, uh, and kind of drifted away. And then I met Margie, my, right after my senior year when I was just graduating, and and uh, she said we need to get back in our relationship with the Lord, and we, and we and we did. And and uh, our first teaching job after my doctor's degree, though, I went to Ohio University in Athens, Ohio, and there was a great Methodist pastor there, and. He was helping lead the student sit-ins on the war against vietnam and his wow. congregation fired him in the most vicious thing we had ever seen and and we said if that's what christianity and, and all about mm. we don't don't need that because we had seen a lot of hypocrisy and yeah. in quote religion yes and so we we drifted away and i didn't think much about the lord until the one minute manager came out and it was so ridiculously successful a, an old buddy of mine phil hodges who i met freshman year at Cornell on the bus to orientation camp said, call me and say, Ken, let's take a walk in the beach in La Jolla. I want to talk to you. And, uh, he had, uh, become a big, uh, believer in the Lord and follower through his wife, Jane, who was from Lexington, Kentucky, I mean, Louisville, Kentucky. And, uh, so he said, "Cam, why do you think the book has been so successful?" And I don't know why I said, but I think God must be involved. And he said, "Oh, well, thank God!" It's <laughs> amazing. The, the minute he mentioned that, then things started to ha- happen. You know, I got a call. Would I write a book with Norman Vincent Peale? And I, <laughs> I said, "Is he still alive?" Because my parents <laughs> had
3: gone
0: to his church
2: before I was born. And and Norman and Ruth had a wonderful uh, impact on Margie and I. Uh, They said, the Lord's always had you on his team. You just haven't suited up yet. So (laughs) Suiting up became the thing. And they were so much into the love aspect of of Jesus that it was just Mm. uh, amazing. And then I started to read the Gospels and started to laugh because everything I had ever written about leadership, Jesus did with Mm. these 12 incompetent guys he hired. I mean, (laughs) you wouldn't have hired that lot. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and uh, so he's the greatest leadership role model of all time, but people weren't talking about that. Uh, Absolutely. And, uh, so that was when Phil and I started, you know, Lead Like Jesus in 1999. And, and uh, so I think it's through uh, Jesus as a great leader that I really rekindled my hmm. love for the Lord and realized that he was just there uh, for us. And then I got involved with Bob Buford who started Started halftime, you yeah. know, and and uh said that you're you're in the locker room in the fifties and you're got to come out and you wanna move from success to significance to to uh surrender, you know. And uh and uh, he just really made an impact on on me, you know, and and uh then he turned me over to Bill Heibels that had built the Willow Creek Community Church, you know, and Heibel says, Blanchard, I don't know why you haven't signed up a lot sooner. You get three consultants for the price of one.
0: <laughs> you, you get the father that started,
2: it, the, the son that lived. It. And, and he said, the Holy Spirit's the day-to-day operational manager, which I think, Rich, is a great definition of the Holy Spirit, the uh, chief <laughs> operational manager. And so it's been a, been a wonderful journey. And, and Margie ended up re-signing up herself, you know, through uh reading uh, uh up about the Lord and so it's uh it's been a really powerful part of our our lives ever since and, and and uh we're just excited and and I met Rich uh at a at a seminar. Yep.
1: Yeah. You know Oh
3: really? And, yeah, where he, where he, was this at? He,
1: that was down in uh Dallas actually.
2: That. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and he could tell that I was kind of a beginner in <laughs> the study of the Bible and said can I be be glad to help you? You know, and so we started to meet on the phone, and I realized how powerful it was to know more about the Bible. And I said, you might if I bring in some friends. And yeah. So now there's, you know, I think there's five of us that. Yeah. Yeah, gather on. Early yeah. Wednesday You guys have morning. been
3: meeting together for how long now?
2: Yeah, Twenty. Twenty years. Yeah, there? it's, go, it's going years? on. Yeah,
1: 15 plus year. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and it's. Uh, uh, Ken, Phil Hodges, uh, who was mm-hmm. a guy that helped uh, join with him and uh, lead like Jesus. Uh, Esteen uh, Luen, uh out of uh, San Diego. He's a uh, developer and uh, doing stuff for churches is kind of cool. Jim Mudd, who's a, a board member, used to be a board member of Ken's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's uh, he had a car uh, dealership uh, where he's, he does marketing for dealerships. And then Vince Siciliano, who's uh, was a banker, and he's living in uh, San Diego. So we, we get on the call. We get on the call every Wednesday that we're all available, and uh, we all we That's do is great. just just uh, get in the word. And and Ken, uh, particularly because uh, uh, of his freshness of walking with God, just says, "Well, hey, what about this? How does that work?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, so, and so you know, we just get in. Ah, let's get into that. You know, and and so we're having the time of our life. And yeah, uh, Ken, you mentioned. Go ahead. I Ken. sent
2: you a copy of that. Uh- sermon by Tim Keller. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it. Yeah. I thought that was really powerful. Yeah. about The prodigal sons. He said it's the, he called it the prodigal sons. Sons. And,
1: that's yeah. right. It's about both of yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, and you actually wrote a book, uh, called the Mulligan. Yes. Uh, tell yeah. us, tell us a little, Welcome we'll back. We want to talk about uh, how you met Margie, but tell us a little bit about that, uh, book and, uh, uh, cause that was all about, uh, you know, do over and forgiveness and things that you know, yeah. Kathy. And oh, I that's keep, beautiful. Keep yeah. teaching. Yeah. Well, uh,
2: go- golf has been a big part of my life. I always. I imagine in I, sunny I,
3: California, I, I, it would I be. Go- <laughs> I
2: started a golf university years ago. We were teaching golf and wow. And uh, and uh, to me, golf spells game of life first. Mm. Uh, and uh, so, uh, but I met Wally Armstrong, who was one of the great touring pros as well as teachers. He was the Held the record at, at the Masters Tournament for about 20 years of the best score of a first-time entrant, eight under par for four rounds, which is really amazing. Wow. Yeah. And he started a mulligan golf club. And I said, "What's that all about?" He said, "Well, it's a, it's about Jesus because he's the greatest mulligan of all time in golf. In the first <laughs> tee, if you, if you hit a bad shot, somebody says take a mulligan. what's named after a guy who originated that concept and." and uh i said my god uh, we ought to write a book on that so i met with him at callaway (laughs) gardens for a couple of days and and listened to him and went back home with all kinds of notes and kind of had forgotten about it and then we're in a faith-based group that gets together once a year and plays golf together and the head of it uh uh uh, tom case (laughs) called me and says ken do you got a good new book good new book that we could give to everybody to Mm -hmm. read before they come i said yeah got a new book i'm working on called the mulligan i said well i need it in two weeks
0: <laughs> <laughs> i hadn't
2: i hadn't written anything and i said okay lord well, uh, i need you and i i wrote the book in two weeks and oh and that's
3: it, amazing
2: and uh it's now being made into a movie that right. it's right coming out uh and it's going to be uh showcast at the masters a uh, special showing on the 13th which is tuesday of the masters tournament and oh, then it's wow. going to be in over a thousand theaters on the 17th and 18th of April. Uh, Excellent. And, uh, and it's a story about a kind of an uptight uh, businessman whose life is all about his work. And he's mm-hmm. been separated from his wife for five years, hasn't talked to his son for years. And he goes down to this pro-am tournament in Carolina because they want him to meet some uh, president from China who's gonna be there playing in the tournament. And, so he goes and he draws Tom Lehman uh, as his uh, as his uh, playing partner. That's a pro, and he thinks Lehman's gonna love playing with me because he sees these other amateurs he's playing with hit, and they're all 20 or 25 handicappers, and he's at 10. And he gets up to the first tee to hit, and, and uh, the caddy's telling him what to do, and annoys him, and he chops it in to the rough and chops it out and doing this play terribly finally in the ninth hole hits a great drive a great four iron about four feet from the cup if he knocks it in it'll be a two under par eagle for his team and Lehman's down measuring the putt with him and he gets up and he leaves it short and he breaks it over his putter over his knee and throws it into the sand trap and so he's walking to the 10th tee and thinking I ought to get out of here you know and Lehman's waiting for him, and he says, "Paul, we didn't get to talk much the first nine, but to be honest with you, you're not that good to get that mad." Which I thought <laughs> was a wonderful line. And, uh, he said, "What I've noticed, and you know, uh, and Lehman's a great man of faith, is that uh, life and golf are pretty much tied together. If if you're having trouble out here in the golf course, which I've already observed, I bet you're having trouble in your life too." But there's an old guy that sits uh on the uh, front porch of the clubhouse we call him the old pro he's about 90 years old and and he'll straighten out your golf game and your life and and uh and paul uh, paul newman not paul yeah no pat boone plays the old pro the the old crooner and and so this guy starts going to see the old pro and one day they're he goes to see him and the old pro says, Paul, we're gonna play a special round today. I'll drive the golf cart and you play, but you can take a mulligan on any shot you want. He said, I thought it was just for the first tee. He said, normally is, but you can take a putt over, you can do anything over. And and he said, this ought to be fun. In the beginning, he takes a lot of mulligans and then he hardly takes any and he shoots a 70 and he's never broken 80 in his whole life. And he's sitting with the old pro after the 18th hole and the old pro says, Paul, oh, why do you think you played so well? He said, because I realized if I made a mistake, I would be forgiven. And it made me relax. And he said, well, how would you like to be forgiven every day of your life? Yeah. <laughs> and that'd be great. What oh, do I have to, what do, I have to do? He said, it's, it's not about doing, it's about believing. He said, and what? And Jesus, he said, don't get religious with me. Said, no, but, you know, God sent Jesus down here to play the perfect round. Here's your scorecard and 10 birdies, you know, all you have to do is sign it. For your own and turn it in and through this whole dialogue with the old pro he uh, takes the lord into his life and then ends, ends up i have a cameo scene at the end they got me dressed uh, up. Excellent. I, look, I look like the pope but i remarried <laughs> paul and his wife yeah yeah uh, at the end but it's uh uh it's just being received wonderfully the previews and the people who've seen it but it, i think it's going to be a wonderful way to share the gospel uh, yeah, to it sounds w- like it. Believers and non-believers, you know, without uh, doing that, because you know, as Rich, you and I have talked, I don't think Jesus came down here to start a religion. He came down here to build a relationship. That's it. Uh,
1: Absolutely. And, uh, so uh, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, and the uh, neat thing is that the uh, and the Kathy and I, we're actually starting a new series next week, uh, Ken, on our podcast called The Covenant. Uh, I'm going to bless you to make you a blessing because what you just said is that. Uh, all the time. It's like, well, God says, yeah, I know, I know what happened, but I can give you a mulligan. I can, I can redo this and uh, watch what I'm about ready to do, you know? So that's going to be a, a fabulous uh, story to illustrate that beautiful truth of the life of God is it's available to all of us. We can, <laughs> we can just take another shot, you know?
2: That's right. Yeah. He he says, you know, and, and, and we, we can't earn that extra shot. Right.
1: That's <laughs> it. But tell All us, about uh, grace, tell right? us a little bit about, you went, you said you met, uh, Margie, uh, uh, at college. So tell us a little bit about that and what, what led you to get married together?
2: Well, uh, uh, I, had, I had officially graduated and we were doing senior week and she was going out with a friend of mine and another fraternity. And I went over to a party over there and, and was sitting around talking to, we called them looper, uh, and, and Margie. And, uh, so uh, Looper's dad had died and he said, Ken, uh, what are you going to do this summer? And I said, I'm going to be up in Cornell in Ithaca playing golf and taking a course to lighten my loads. And uh, well, Margie said, I'm going to be up here too. She was a speech therapist. And so he said, well, Ken, would you do me a favor and take Margie out for a drink once in a while? Because I doubt if I'll get up this summer, you know? And so it's a good friend, you know, you, know, you always kind of <laughs> have to follow through but i i didn't actually think about it but i i came home uh i when i got back up there i uh and uh the guy i was rooming with uh told me when i came from class one day he said ken he said i'm going out to have a drink with annie van order who happened to be a fraternity sorority sister of margie he said he said why don't you come and go out and drink with us and i said "Well, let me." called margie mckee she's almost married too Uh, and and uh, because he was going to be the best man in annie van's marriage she was marrying his best friend so they had no relations they were just friends so i called margie and took her out and and uh, we had a wonderful time and i came back and when I got back to the returning, my roommate said, I've never seen a guy fall that quickly. He said, uh... You were drooling in your soup. suit. You know? uh, so I asked Margie out a few more times. and, and uh, But Looper, uh, uh, you know, back then we didn't have email or things like that. Right. Once in a while he would write a letter to her, but it was like a letter to his sister. And Margie wanted something more romantic and also. I started my writing career writing her notes.
3: Oh, <laughs> I love it.
2: And then pretty soon over the summer, we fell in love and she had to figure a way to tell Looper in the fall. <laughs> and, uh, so, but, uh, She's a pretty special. This is going to be 60 years of marriage, Rich, in June.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. Oh,
3: congratulations. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, but,
2: uh, you know, people have asked me, what's the key to that. Is I think the key number one is to marry your own best friend mm. and i think you know now key and the last you know half of our marriage has been having and sharing the lord in our yeah. lives together you know yes. and uh so it's a uh, it really is uh really has been a fun thing and people say hasn't this pandemic been awful he said i said not that bad i've been locked in with margie i mean how, bad can be? <laughs> how many
0: uh
1: how many kids you guys have
2: we have two Scotts, the new president of our company, and, yeah. mm. and then our daughter Debbie is the head of marketing, and, and uh, so we got two kids, and and Margie's brother Tom, who was born when she was a freshman at Cornell, he's our CEO, and Scott's wife Madeline has headed up our coaching business for years, and so we get about 250 people, but it's a, still a family-led. Uh, what company. is your
3: what is your present company? What
2: is that? It's called the Ken Blanchard Companies, and I didn't want to call okay. it that, that name, but uh, you know, other people said people love to identify. Yes, uh, absolutely. With, with people, and so. And so, what I,
3: exactly is it?
2: It's a leadership training uh, company. Oh, excellent! And, and okay. We have t- learning materials, and we teach it, uh, about leadership and building trust, and uh, we think that leadership is a transformational journey, starting with first knowing yourself and so we have a program on self leadership and then one on one leadership how do you build trust with somebody else then team leadership how do you build a sense of community and then finally organizational leadership when you build a culture and and so uh, we've uh, we're in business now 42 years and less Excellent. than 5% of the companies that start ever last 40 years and wow so it's been uh, and I was, of course, smart enough to realize Margie should be president when we started. <laughs> my title is I'm the chief spiritual officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And,
1: so, yep. Yep. You know, and we, how many, yeah. uh, uh, you serve businesses all over the world.
2: That's right, uh, yeah.
1: And um, uh, has been and, and continues to, to do that, uh, Kathy, yeah. and uh, it's pretty pretty special. And uh, uh, what uh, what are, what's the biggest company you, you guys have ever served that you uh, are aware of?
2: oh we've we've worked with AT&T and you know and GE and companies like that you know and and then uh, Lead Like Jesus now is all over the company it's country it's headed back east because I didn't want people to get confused that we were you know just teaching about Jesus and our you know our our public company right and uh, so but uh, it's it really is but the concepts that we teach, I found, are all things that Jesus taught, and uh, so, you know, I didn't create any of these theories. God gave them to me mm-hmm. with a purpose, you know. I I think that uh, that's the interesting thing, don't you think, in life, Rich, is to find yeah. out what was what God's purpose in your life, and I think uh, because he always has plans that you maybe don't know. Uh, you know, I love the quote that Margie uses all the time is, Life is what happens to you when you're planning on doing something else. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> because my
2: faculty all said I couldn't write when I was in graduate school. I should be an administrator,
1: you know.
3: Oh, wow. Oh, uh, that's interesting. Yeah.
1: yeah, Ken was a uh, – one of the key little stories is he was uh, – I think this was at – you were a professor at Cornell, right?
2: Yes. We, yeah. we, uh, we taught uh, uh, courses there for 20 years, but I was – actually a professor at UMass and Ohio University. I got my doctor's degree at Cornell. now, They they've brought Bargie and I back to teach a course. Our son Scott and his wife have taken over our course now. It's, it's out of the hotel school at, the, at Cornell. It's one of the great hotel schools in the world.
1: Well, one of the, one of the because Ken was so creative and his heart was for the purity of it. You know, I said, mm-hmm. well, he wanted his students to actually learn, learn something. Uh, you, you always did something unusual, but you got, you know, the, your, your administration wasn't actually happy with it. But at day one, you gave away the final exam. <laughs> uh, and why did you do that? You actually gave the students, uh, day one, he gave them the final exam, the, the, the form well,
2: of Well, yeah, the, wow. the faculty would say, what are you doing? I'd say, I'm confused. They say, I "Acted." I said, I thought we were supposed to teach you student. You are, but don't give them the final exam at the beginning of the class. I said, "Not only am I going to give them the final exam? What do you think i'm going to do all semester i'm going to teach them the answers so when they get to the final exam they get a hey, life's about getting A's, not some stupid normal distribution curve and so right you know i go into organizations and all the time and say how many of you go out and hire losers we lost some <laughs> of our worst people last year let's hire some new losers to fill the low slots you know and uh, no you either hire winners you get from other companies or you hire people with potential and so this whole Normal distribution curve and managers going around with their arms full, evaluating and judging. You know, I mean, you know, Jesus went around and what did he do? He cheered people on. You know, he, he was not afraid to give a woman a reprimand. I mean, he threw the moneylenders out of the temple. Uh, and uh, but uh, it's it's all about uh, compassion and love and helping people win. You know. It, yeah. It's yeah. just as so we, great.
1: As Ken is. Uh, you know, learned it. We, one thing. We obviously we've done together is learned learn abiding and mm-hmm. walking with God. And um, there's some cool stories that uh, he can share. Uh, one of which uh, is, uh, and Kathy and I have talked about this. That uh, you know, we're in a world that's that's troubled, and you're going to have trouble, and you're going to have adversity. Uh, it's a matter of what what you allow God to do with that and through that. Um, well, Ken um, was uh, had a house uh, actually. Uh, in the same neighborhood that he's in now, Rancho Bernardo, uh, and uh, he—you were actually traveling, and you uh, wake up one day uh, and find out that your house, the whole area is on fire. And by the way, you're, your your house—oh wow! Your house uh, ultimately burned down. And uh, you and I actually—we got on the phone and talked about that. And uh, hey, God, you know, God's got this. Don't worry. But tell tell that story about how you. Understood it and and uh, why it didn't uh, you know didn't take you down. It actually had you witness for Christ through the process. Yeah,
2: Margie and I were were both down in Florida and we were doing training separately. And when we flew back and walked down our driveway, it looked like they had cremated our house, and our, <laughs> and our two oh, cars man. and and all. And and Margie said, "Well, well, God bless. Nobody was hurt, including they got our dog out of there too." And and uh, and so you know we just sort of said I wonder what what's God's got in mind you know and and uh, so we had a party to celebrate our son Scott's uh, house was saved you know because he thought his was down too he was in the neighborhood but it wasn't and and somebody said there was a house for rent you know just down the road and we grabbed the signs and rented this house and and we were going to rebuild our house and our he had a neighbor next door was kind of a pain and he said we were going to block his view and all that kind of thing he was he was on the architect committee for their neighborhood and held our plans up and so scott's wife walking the dog and she knocks on our door and she said that beautiful house next door you've always loved just went up for sale and we out and grabbed the signs and 10 days later we had more house more land better view than than uh our house wow. was we rebuilt at a, at a cheaper price, you know, we, mm-hmm. thank God, you know, Margie sent his neighbor a note for Christmas said, you know, you probably heard we're not going to be building in the, in the lot next to you anymore. We bought that beautiful house at the top of the hill and it never would have happened without you. And we just <laughs> wish you that <laughs> a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Margie said I was sincere about that. And, uh, but you know, Life is uh, is really interesting, and and so that uh, we've been do, been able to do a lot of wonderful things in that house. And uh, there's a sign that somebody gave us that uh, said, uh, you know, this is where uh, love lives, you know. And uh, and there's another sign about this is God's house. And and uh, and Marge and I have just been very, very blessed, and just trying to wherever we can. Uh, You know spread the good word about the the power of a relationship with the lord you know because you know people have have troubles i mean we've had friends who have died and in this covid thing and all and the ones that have have the lord in their lives it doesn't mean they don't grieve but they have this whole different attitude than people that that don't who thinks that, that it's all over you know
1: yeah Yeah, and as you were, I remember when you were going through that, um, uh, you were invited, uh, I think you, uh, didn't you appear on the Larry King show? Um, Yes, I did, yeah. uh, And Larry, I know Larry asked you, well, how did you handle this? Because it was, I mean, it just had happened right then. You just, you'd heard about it, uh, seen it, but he asked you, well, wait a minute. uh, Isn't this awful, terrible, and and aren't you, uh, you know, really upset about it? Um, And you answered him about, you know, your your relationship with Christ. How did you do you remember how you answered that when he asked that question?
2: Well, I think I said no, you know, I think God's got some other plan yeah. for us. Uh, and it's not about a building or a home. It's a it's about how you live your life, you know. Yeah. yeah. And uh so I think that uh kinda got to Larry a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> He's a wonderful guy actually. Yeah,
1: yeah yes. And I remember um that uh you know it was you know Kathy it would be you know he had adversity big adversity actually
3: right obviously uh, yeah
1: and uh a loss but you and you and Margie all the way through it was well okay uh now what father uh what do you got to yeah. show us show us now yeah. with you knew that yeah, houses are you know physical things and they're important but they don't define you um uh, that's right and yeah. and you you moved on with Well, this ought to be interesting to see what what God what God God does about it. And uh, you had uh, the one thing that struck me, uh, because I remember even talking to you from Florida when you when you had just heard about it. uh, And this would be characteristic, Kathy, of Ken's heart and life, is that uh, you still had a sense of joy in in you, Uh, and that that's always been the beautiful you can see Christ in you because you, you you truly live the life of joy, no matter what's going on, you know? Yeah.
2: Well, I think the Lord really wants us all to understand that life is all about relationships. It's about who you love and who loves you. And it's not about things, you know, and I think people that end up accumulating things and trying to impress people, you know, they miss that. It's, it's not about that. It's really about, you know, what are you doing to help other human beings? What are you doing to spread the, the love of the
1: Lord? That's it. And then there's also a, there was also this other cool thing, Kathy. It happened that uh, Ken stated, and I've, I've used it, um, I use it all the time, particularly in our retreats. Um, but uh, Margie recognized something <clears throat> prior to the fire. Margie actually had been working to give away things to her kids and families and other people.
3: Oh, interesting. Uh,
1: And these were objects that she gave away. Uh, And then after the fire, she made this comment. She said, you know, isn't it interesting that everything that I kept is gone? Everything that I gave away is now being used uh for other things and it's really about the giving away part that matters you know and, oh there's so and many I, good
3: applications I, to that I, right and there I, and, I, and, I,
2: and i still have access she said to yeah that. and i still have access to it yeah yeah because you know she gave the kids different things and and uh so it's uh you know we just learned a lot about that you know about the holding oh. on and and all and I, I think that's one of the things i love about margie because she's always looking at the big picture of, of things, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and now I know you have a, uh, you just had, you just, uh, introduced a new book that is already on the bestseller list, uh, after even a few days. Tell us about that, uh, book that you just wrote and gave it's, and gave out.
2: Yeah. It's called, <laughs> uh, the simple truths of leadership, 52 ways to become a servant leader and build trust. And I oh. did it with Randy Conley, who's, uh, Worked with us for 25 years and been a big, uh, is considered a real leader in the trust area and and he's also a wonderful believer and and uh, it's really interesting is that uh, it's quote not written as a Christian book but it's on a Christian bestseller list you know and all. but we do have some like one of the simple truths is the first sentence from Rick Warren's. Uh, Uh, purpose-driven life it's not about you that's a a simple (laughs) simple truth you know and then uh, another simple truth is one I mentioned which is love is the answer what is the question Uh, and then about uh, Corinthians 13 you know love is patience love is kind and and all and it's really interesting Jimmy Blanchard who was president of Synovus uh, which was chosen the best company to work for uh, from fortune for so many times they asked him to stop applying, you know, (laughs) when when Jimmy took over as president over 25 years ago, he's now retired, but he, he said, I want to tell you that my leadership book for my leadership is the Bible. And he took the, the characteristics from the love passage in Corinthians Mm -hmm. and put it into a questionnaire and had a one to five scale. And he gave it to his people once a year, and said, "Rate me on patience, on kindness, on you know, lack of envy, and all that. And you know, and which ones do I have to work on?" And so that's that's in that uh, in that whole suggest session on on love, because that's a wonderful way to to take a look. Because you look at those characteristics, and they're all wonderful characteristics of of a person who is really there to serve rather than be served. Right.
1: Yep. And as you've, um, you know, we've been over these 15 years, Kathy, we just get in the Word and uh, and Ken's learned to be an abider in the Word. Uh, uh, talk a little bit about that, Ken. Why do you enjoy, you know, being in the Word and, and uh, what what excitement has that brought to your life?
2: Well, what I try to do every morning when I get up, I have a recumbent bike and I have a whole group of readings I read from the Daily Word, from uh uh, you know, uh Jesus calling and a whole bunch of uh of things and just to get my mind right in the morning because I've said for a long time and you know Rich that we have two two selves. We have an external task oriented self just used to getting jobs done and then we have a thoughtful reflective self and which one wakes up quicker in the morning? Of course, Tasser when the alarm clock goes off, and and uh, you know, um, uh, you know, it's 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 really uh, it's a concept that uh, John Ortberg, you know, always said. Why don't we call it the opportunity clock, or it's going to be a great day clock? You know, alarm. You know, and you you're trying to eat while you're washing, and you jump in your car, and you're racing around, and all. And uh, so one of the things that I've been saying is you need to enter your day slowly. And if you enter your day slowly with reflecting on the Lord and all, and then look at, you know, what's planned for the day and say, you know, how can I be be today that really will model uh, the Lord to other people? It really is a whole different thing. And then what I like to do at the end of the day is, uh, you know, write in a journal Praisings, you know, what did I do today that I I think was consistent with who I want to be, and then redirections, <laughs> things I wish I could, you know, do over, the, the do-over game. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's it's really is uh, true. So I think you need to to enter your day thinking about the Lord, so you can take him with you. And all rather than racing out of bed into your task oriented itself. Yes. Did some of
3: that, some of what you learned um, in abiding play into? um, I haven't read the book, but I've read about the book um, Don't Retire, Refire, Refire, Don't Retire. Yes. But uh from what I read, really talking about, you know, knowing the purpose that God has for you in in yeah. this stage of life and living each day with purpose yeah. um, was the little, the, some of what I grasped from that. So I well, wonder if that plays into I some of what you're talking about. talk about refiring
2: in four areas and they're very mm-hmm. uh, much. What, when Jesus lost his parents in the temple, when he was what, 12 and, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they got him and said, come home. And it said, Jesus went home with his mom and dad and he, he grew uh, in uh, wisdom, which is intellect, grew in stature physically, grew in relationship with God spiritually, and grew okay. in relationship to people relationships. Right. And those are the four areas that you need to continue to refire. What are you doing, you know, in, in terms of uh, your keeping your mind active? What are you doing physically? What are you doing spiritually? What are you doing in your relationships? And those, those are uh, important uh, things. And so, uh, we, we bring some of that out in this uh, this this book. The The uh, neat thing about this simple truths of leadership is that there's a concept on the left side of the page, like it's not about you. And then we talk about what that really means, you know, and, and the bottom of the page, it always says how to take common sense and make it common practice. Because the third line on the cover after, uh, simple truths of leadership 52 ways to be uh, become a servant leader and and build trust it says how to take common sense make common sense common practice because that's what i think we gotta gotta do and and uh you know the bible is just full of so much common sense and if we would only make it common practice you know what a difference it would be in the in the world you know i mean you just look at at, at the whole thing and you know i got a chance to talk to all the uh, the uh christian uh, uh republican uh, republicans uh, uh you know faith-based christian republicans a few years ago and i said where's jesus in your your work here here you're in a contest you know fighting with your opposing party i said you know the bible well answer this question what does the bible say that happens to to people and organizations without vision. They all shouted, they perish. I said, what's the vision for our country now? We don't have one. <laughs> you know, We used to have one, You know, but we don't even agree on values anymore. I would That's have thought right. freedom of speech was a value, but now if you disagree with some interest group, they don't say, let's talk. They surround your business and try to put you out of business. And so I said, why don't you go and look at the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and come up with a modern day vision for America and then go to the Democrats and say, here's our best shot. And uh, so it's, uh, but uh, they haven't picked up on it. You know, they're still self-oriented, you know, it really is. Uh, yeah. And as long as we stay self-oriented, that's a fear for the future. You know, we got to have somebody who takes us to a higher level and brings us back to what Jesus was the saying.
1: Yeah, and as you as you walk with God, as you're learning and uh, abide in the Word and follow Him to discern His will, how do you how do you uh, stay following Him as opposed to self-oriented? Because that's really the the root issue of it. How, you know, what what do you what do you see as important for all of us to understand personally?
2: Well, I kind of mentioned that. I think you need to kind of start your day thinking about your relationship to the Lord and ending the day and say, how did I do today? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, a life what do they say uh, life unexamined is not worth living or something like that. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but uh, you have to kind of c- continue to have a way to remind yourself of the importance because it's not just about going to church on Sunday and then say, Oh, it's so now right. it's a Sunday again, you know, and uh because you've been just so great rich in helping us realize that you know how do we bring uh, the word of right. god into our lives on a day-to-day right uh, basis because it's uh it's it's a way of life it's just not a uh you know hysteric head thing you know yep you know, and that's why you know he sent his son down to to model uh, a life and then he gave up his life for for us, so that we'd have a, a mulligan anytime we needed
1: it. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, what uh, uh, What are you excited about? Or what do you What's uh, What's happening next for you? What uh, What are you uh, uh, What is what's well, God's that, assignment for you next?
2: Well, <laughs> I've been talking to him, and the, what I keep on getting is, forget about what's next, Blanchard. You got this book, and you got this movie. How do we get them in, into as many people's hands as possible? Uh-huh. And so, I mean, if we can get this, this movie out there, you know, so it really becomes something that people watch, it's a just a, an amazingly wonderful way to share the, the gospel. And then uh, the simple truths uh, is just a simple way of just sharing what God's given me and folks in our company to. To share with people about uh, how do we live with each other, how do we be with each other? Because uh, what did Jesus say? Even I have come to serve, not to be served. You know, that's it. and I love his line, "Not so with you." <laughs> 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 that's pretty
1: emphatic. It? Yeah. yeah, They kept they uh, kept arguing about who's going to be first.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And, and to uh, just realize, you know, what what he he did for for mm-hmm. us. And uh, it's, a, it's such, a, such a powerful, powerful uh, uh, thing. And, and, but we got to make it part of our life, not just uh, a Sunday do.
1: Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah, and all based on, interesting enough, uh, uh, that's why maybe these two things are coming together is the uh, mulligan is the essence of Christ. It's uh, how about today? How about now? What I call now forward. Uh, doesn't matter what happened yesterday. How about now? Uh, Let me give you that life, uh, and that's you know you're. We'll we'll be excited to see that movie, you know, play out, and then your book of, you know, what does it mean to follow him and be a servant, which is following him and letting him direct traffic, and then he wants you to give it away, you know. So, yeah,
3: excellent can I ask what platform is the movie coming out on? Are you guys, I know you said it was like a two day release. Is it going to be similar to the kind of the special platform that the chosen Christmas special came out? Is it coming in theaters for a limited release? It's going to be, it's
2: going to be in a thousand theaters. And and if, if the receptions where it will be, we'll be in more theaters. I think we're going to do that. We've been meeting lately and it's amazing uh, all the different youth groups and and, right and go- that are involved in golf that are also you know because uh, uh, you know having the backing of of uh, of Tom Lehman and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know all of these faith-based golfers, you know, that's really kind of uh, pretty pretty powerful Bernard Langer and you know it's just uh, just a, a great uh, great group of people. yeah.
1: did you get to meet uh, Bernard Langer? Yes. Yeah, he he's uh, quite a guy.
2: He really he really is. I mean that, uh, and uh, you know, I mean here he's still winning tournaments, and God, he's what, almost, uh, you know, almost sixty years old or something like that. Yeah. But he's he's just such a humble, caring uh, guy that uh, that that's really really pretty powerful, and uh, so it's a. Uh, so th- I think the Lord's pretty clear. I just need to stay focused on what I can do because yeah. I think that's one of the problems. People finish one project or one book and then they're on to working on the next book before they've really gotten this one. And, and I I want this book and this movie to impact uh, people, you know, for the Lord, you know. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, and if we get people to uh, perceive Him in his heart and then... You know lead with simple truths of of being servants and building trust wow yeah it's beautiful we, we can make a difference yeah
1: uh, yeah it's beautiful well can we uh we so love having you on and it's such a joy for me <laughs> to, to just see the life you are and have and experience and the the fun that's going to happen even next and and uh you know, there's one, uh, Kathy, one person, yeah, and a lot of people I know, but one of the people that I know has fun because I get to experience it is Ken Blanchard. <laughs> you you have fun. Whatever you're doing, you're going to have fun, you know. And uh, right. and so it's a beautiful way of living. And I uh, uh, look forward to, you know, we'll have you back maybe after the the movie comes out and the and the book uh, for a while we'll come great. out and kind of talk more about it, of uh, the truths of that, which are just the essence of, of life with Christ, yeah. and, and you're able to express it. So,
2: yeah.
1: Thank you so much for Ken for uh, joining us and sharing your life with us. Absolutely. Oh, I'm good. so glad
3: I got to meet you, Ken. And well, uh, like you. Rich said, your joy is palpable. Yeah. Just just sitting on the on the Zoom call with you, I can tell that God well, has just filled you. your life with joy and it's a
1: beautiful thing. So thank yes, you for well, sharing is, that with and, us. And
2: uh, maybe we can get Pat Boone to be on the show with yeah. us
1: Yeah, we were actually Kathy and I were just talking about that is uh uh we were talking about—I uh, don't know if you knew—but Cooper, Cooper Cup, who just won the uh, MVP for the Super yeah. Bowl, uh, gave this fantastic testimony of Jesus. Uh, uh, and we were talking about, hey, wouldn't it be good to have him on? You know, so, so fun
3: to have. him so, on. So Ken, I'm going to—I'm
1: uh, going to uh, talk to you about that. As some of your, you know, some of the people that you know, we'd love to have him uh, join us because the stories mm-hmm. of life with Christ. <laughs> how, right. how fun! How fun is that? You know, and. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'd like to get more, so that's that's a cool thing.
2: Yeah. Well, it's really interesting to watch a lot of those stars. Always, things go good. They all go like this. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of faith-based there is. folks out there. Yep. And I'm glad that he came forward and in in, uh, in that, and so
1: uh, it's great. Yeah, it is great. Beautiful, well, yeah. uh, we bless you, and uh, we look forward to. I'll see you this week and uh, on our call and. Uh, have a great day, and thank you so much again for sharing your uh, your joy with us, Ken. Well, good. Absolutely.
3: Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening, and be sure to share the podcast and go to the theaters and see Mulligan when it comes out.
0: Yep, yep. <laughs> we'll see you soon. All right, thanks. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos, brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry,